It's so wonderful to know he's your what? Reward. Amen. Amen. God is your reward. We want to welcome everyone again in the house of the Lord. And uh, I want to preach to you my obsession. That's not my title, but my obsession. Chapter 3, 2 Peter. Thank you, young future Pentecostal preachers. God bless you. Someday I hope you raise your voice and get fired up. If you don't, I'll bring some electrical wires here and wire you up. And get some KV and put attached to you right by the pulpit right here. And when you stand right here, I'll pull the switch. And you'll be doing some tremolo here. <laughs> Amen. But God wants to get excited. Amen. Chapter 3. Oh, second Peter. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? But since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Where is the promise of his coming? Let us worship God one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. I'll never forget several years ago I read an article. They were looking for an owner that left his dog at the airport. I think it was in Europe. And they, they circulate the picture on the media. Please, please come back and pick up your dog. Because he's not leaving. He's waiting your return. And the picture was flashed all around the world for this little canine dog that was left stranded at the airport, waiting, hoping for his master to return. Now, I'm so glad Jesus is not like that. Didn't drop us off on Mother Earth and took off and forgot to come back. Now, in marriage seminar, we have this little story. They you know this, this girl or this guy looking for Mr. Wright. And she sat there looking for Mr. Wright. It's a nice picture we got. And she waited so long, she's now a fossil and a skeleton sitting on that pew on the bench in the park waiting for Mr. Wright to show up. And he never showed up. Well, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. Eudini, Mr. Master of SKP, told the world that he would escape death and come back. And told his wife where to meet him. And she waited, and she waited, and she waited, and he never showed up to this date. He has not showed up. That's not like Jesus. Jesus is not like those stories I just told you. But he said, I'll go, and I shall return. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he spoken? And shall he not bring it to pass? Not one word of God shall fail. Not one of his promises. That's what the writers have said. 
not one of his promises. And God, the Bible says, is not like us that is slack concerning promises. Now, most of the time, you and I are good intentions, and we make promises, and we found out our pocketbook won't support our mouth. I bought a book that says, Think Before You Speak. It will help us all. <laughs> we won't make promises we can't fulfill. And I know I've fallen in that ditch several times, but I was good intention. But Jesus Christ is not good intention. He'll make it happen just like he said he would. Now, it, it's amazed me in today's study, I found out that the apostles were not the first people to mention that Jesus shall return. I want to take you through a number of events that come, sorry, come from the Bible that tells you about Jesus going to come back again. In Acts chapter 1, you may want to go there. In Acts chapter 1, some angels watched the wounded apostles watching their master go up into heaven, and they began to be feeling sad. After all, three and a half years with them. And now he's going to leave them all by themselves. He stood on the Mount of Olives. We've been there too on the Mount of Olives. And while he was talking to them, he started to go up, 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 and disappeared on their side. And they start gazing and gazing and gazing and looking and looking and looking, and the clouds blocked their vision. All of a sudden appeared two young men, two angels in white, shining linen, beautiful, sparkling, and their face glowing. And they said, Amen of Galilee. Why stand ye here gazing in the sky? And they said, in verse 9 to 11, you may want to look for yourself, this is the first message of the second coming. I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. He told me, shall receive power, but go back in Jerusalem and wait for me. And they went back. But before they went, the angels said, look, this same Jesus, shall come again, underline that, angels are prophesying. First time they preach the gospel. This same Jesus shall return in like manner as you see him go into heaven. Now, I have no idea how he was dressed. I don't know how tall he was, what he looks like. But Revelation tells us Every eye shall see him. Not some eyes. Now, we can speculate whether it's by computers or by television or by whatever it means. God didn't give me all those examples to look to. He just said, every eye on earth shall see him. Now, we went to New Zealand when the brother got married there in, in Tonga. And uh, the world is a different world from here. We almost lost two days and a few nights traveling from North America to over there. Now, they might see him in the night, and you see him in the day. But they're all going to see him at the same time. And he told you exactly where he's coming from, from the east. Don't look for him from the north. He's not coming from the south or from the west. He said, from the where? East. Now, the church also, Jesus predicted, 
here in the book of Matthew that there are going to be a time when people who fail God, we call them backsliders, are going to say in Matthew 24, 48, My Lord delayeth his coming. Now, the least preached messages in churches in my short circle of traveling, I've never heard one preacher preach on the coming of the Lord Jesus. They preach everything, but never talk to their people, when I'm there at least, about his coming. I've been to conferences. They come in different sizes and qualities. And nobody is talking about his coming. But Jesus placed a premium on those who love is reappearing. Blessed are those who love is reappearing. I was preaching one time in either here or in St. Albert or somewhere preaching. And one guy said, no, I don't want him to come yet because if he comes, I can't get married. Well, let me tell you, folks, a lot of folks who are married looking for a way out. And here's your chance not to get involved. God is saving you a problem. Because once you get in, you can't get out. Amen. So God's going to rescue you from that experience. Amen. Oh, all the amens here. Lord have mercy. What have I just done thought a while ago? It's not like a good time to preach. <coughs> but no, he said, look, no, 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 not yet. And we sing on our song, wait a little longer, Jesus. Now, why on earth you would pray that when the Bible said, John wrote, even so, Lord Jesus, come how? How? Quickly. What a difference in desire. You're telling them, delay your coming. And one says, hurry up, you're coming. One love is appearing. And one says, don't you wish he would not come right now so I could get my career in place. I need to graduate. I need to get married. If he comes tonight, I won't get to get married. Amen. But I want to tell you, in your Bible, pick up your Bible. The gospel is the first coming of Jesus Christ. In the gospel, in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel, it tells you specifically that Jesus was born on the sixth and ninth week of Daniel's week of years prophecy. It also predicted Isaiah 53 events, how Jesus would be cut off, but not for himself, but for the people he's trying to save. The devil made a mistake. And Jesus spent 33 years on earth ministering to us as the second Adam and making provision for the world to be saved, even for those who would reject his gospel. But the blood shed is for anybody and whosoever will may come. Whether they be Jew, Greek, or Gentile, it is irrelevant. By one blood, he made all nations, and by one blood, he's going to save all people. Can you clap here to Jesus? Now, 
I know from the scripture that the gospel tells me he came. I believe he was in Bethlehem, and he came through the mother's womb, and then we know he died and ended up in a tomb, and came back from the dead, went back into heaven, and the Bible says he shall return. I don't care whether you believe it or I believe it or don't believe it. It's not going to prevent the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a done deal. Revelation is a book of called done deal. You ought to read it, folks. Your blessing is involved in it. I heard a preacher one time said to one of our, our, our meetings that you're wasting your time reading that book. I thought, guy, you're a false prophet. The Bible says, blessed is he that readeth. God pronounced a blessing on any person that read that book and understand that book. And the Bible in this way, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And the spirit of the bride say at the end of the chapter, come. Let him that hear say what? Come. Now, if you don't talk about the coming of the Lord, you plan to be left behind. Because God is not setting a date. It's already established a date. And the Bible says in the book of, um, I believe in Malachi chapter 4, And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, which he did. Age 12, he showed up. And he will do it again a second time. I found the scripture. That in the book of uh, chapter 9, go there with me, if you would please, of the book of Hebrews. It said, God shall appear a second time without what? Sin unto salvation. Hebrews 9, 28. Now, it's the most embarrassing thing, folks. I'm going to tell you, in my trade, when a preacher starts preaching about the second coming of Jesus Christ, everybody shuts down. Everybody go quiet. Everybody is afraid. Now, we know there are false prophets out there. And Jesus told you that they're going to be there. But that only gave the fact that this thing should be preached in all the world. Now, I'm going to tell you, church, tonight people are dying around the world. And for them, Jesus has come. For it's appointed to men to die. And after your death, immediately comes judgment. Friend, if you're not in the body of Christ, to hell you go. It's a sad place to go. It wasn't made for you and me. It was made for the devil and his angels. The New Jerusalem dimensions are not changing. They're fixed. They're established. But hell is in an enlargement program. Hell is always getting bigger and wider and deeper and never seems to be full because the people that want to go there. But the Bible tells you hell was not made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. There was no room for you, God, to make room for someone to go there. I don't plan to go to hell. Can someone tell the devil I cancel my appointment? I cancel my reservation. I'm not going to hell. I'm heaven bound. My mind is made up now. Now, the angel said in Acts 1, in verse 9 to 11. Now, I'm amazed how preachers, amen, do not take the time, hello, and study what God placed 
real emphasis on. The church need to know what time it is. First of all, let me warn you about this. In this church, we can have two kind of people, wise virgin and foolish virgin. Foolish virgin believes God delays his coming. Wise virgins are on the toe. Their loins are girded. Their lamps are burning. And their oil is up to par. And they take no chances. But the lackadaisical procrastinators act like he's not coming. Amen. And they're going to be surprised when he showed up because he that will come shall come and will not tarry. The word tarry means wait. He will not wait till you make changes and rearrange your dresses and all that stuff. It's in the twinkling of an eye. In a moment. That's, that's so rapid you can't even tell how, twinkled, how fast that is. But God says, when I come for my church, only people who have been doing what they ought to be doing will be caught doing what they've always done. And the angel said, this same Jesus, not Paul preaching, not Peter preaching, not any of the apostles, an angel from heaven is preaching. This same Jesus shall return in like manner. Now, I'm going to give some examples here. I'm going to point something on the picture to you here. On the chart behind me, I left it there behind me. Hopefully by now you could almost draw it without your eyes closed. I don't know how many of you pay attention to it. It's not just a fine art. But it's to put in picture what God is saying. When I was in your place and I came to church, I wanted to know. But I didn't know where to go. And I must confess, the pastor would preach one time today, and next five months he preached again, and the next six months he preached again, and I could never connect the dots. And I thought to myself, I've got to know. I need to know. But thank God for the help of God the men and the men of God. We're going to put the dots together. And the jigsaw puzzle become a clear picture of what God is doing. God will not do anything without telling his people. It's you to know what God is doing. But for them, it's not given. So if you take what we're telling you as foolish knowledge, you're not wise. God is revealing to his church his plan. Because he does not want you to be caught without a wedding garment on. Or with your crown on. <laughs> off. Amen. He wants you to be prepared. Now I'm going to point some things out to you tonight. Which I know on your own you're not going to do. That's why I like Sunday night service. Most folks don't go to it. Well that's where you get your feet grounded. That's where you get established. That's where you search the scripture. Jesus said, search. Most of you don't do that. You just read it. Then say, read it. He said, search it. And see if you can find eternal life in it. Acts 1, 9 to 11 says, he shall return. The skeptic says, where is the promise? Now, there's a lot of things they did not know. When you go through chapter 3 of the book of First, Second, I mean, Second Peter, he point out a number of ignorance in their teachings. And they erred not knowing Scripture. But you're going to know tonight. Now I'm going to tell you, my friend. 
I don't believe five years is even reasonable to believe God's that far away. I don't believe that. And if I'm wrong, so. But I'm sure not caught unprepared. Because if five years come and I'm still out here, I'm still ready. But if you scoff at me and you do nothing about it, and you showed up two years earlier, you'll be caught unprepared. And the laugh going to be on you, not on me. Daniel chapter 2. months of his ministry on earth talking about his return. He said when you see certain things Daniel spoke about. Now why Daniel? Because God chose him for that moment. In Daniel chapter 2, he made reference to this picture right here. This picture came from Daniel's dream. Daniel interpreted a vision that shows all this. And I'm showing it to you right now. And I'm going to tell you, all this is history. Christ wouldn't come here, 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 here. Christ came the first time here, and Christ is going to come for his church here, and Christ will come the second time down here. God told us the environment under which Jesus is going to come. That's why I'm talking so positively. In chapter 2 and verse 43 of the book of Daniel, go there in your scripture, and you'll find God says, there's a stone cut out of a mountain. That stone is Jesus Christ. That mountain means out of divinity came humanity. And God, in human form, going to destroy human governments as a stone and smote the amalgamation of the United Nations, which is right here, all this called the United Nations. They unite together to fight against him. And we read that a little stone will be cut out of a mountain. Amen. And hit this thing right in the ten toes. We have ten toes government right now in place. So I'm giving you some example why I believe we can look for a very early return of Jesus Christ. When they criticized Peter's, and he wrote writing, there was only church a few years back because the last apostle died in the year 98 A.D. And Peter wrote that somewhere a lot earlier, so it's impossible for Christ to have come in the days of the apostles. It was impossible. For Christ to come at that time. But it's not impossible for Christ to come in 2015. Well, Pastor Neal, how do you know that? Because I know the prophet Hosea, long before Christ was born, prophesied about the coming of Jesus. And said in chapter 6 and verse 1 to 2 that he would come after two days. And Peter defined two days for you. I mean, after 2,000 years of his first coming, Christ would reappear visibly. I'm not talking about a rapture. I mean a visible return of Jesus Christ. It's coming 
to carry out what the scripture said to knock down the image of the nations and to reign. You need to write the scriptures down. I'm deliberately giving it to you to read for yourself because the Lord says search the scripture. All right. Now we know in Daniel chapter 7, which you probably won't read on your own. I doubt if you will. If I was to show a hand, I'm sure you have never done it. And you probably won't do it after I'm done tonight, but you should. Daniel chapter 7. Tonight is no longer a mystery to you because we're going to tell you what it means from the scripture. Daniel chapter 7, verse 8 to 11, prescribed the very identical time and place when Jesus will make a visible appearance. I'm not, up to, I'm not guessing it. I'm not prophesying it. I'm not predicting it. I'm reading it. The scripture is telling me exactly when he will appear. Chapter 7 and verse 8 to 11 says he's going to show up as the ancient of This is not a Catholic church, the Pentecostal church. We like feedback. The ancient of what? Ancient of what? Ancient of what? He's coming back as the ancient of days. And then verse 12 to 14 said, he is coming back as the son of man. But he's showing up on time. Now, Jesus Christ is not like me. I'm going to catch a plane. I go there early before the time and sit there and wait. If you think Christ is going to come, I'm waiting in the cloud and the sun to show up on earth, you're wrong. He's going to show up based on his timetable, based on his clock. He won't be a minute later or a minute early. He'll be there on time, in time, and you can't be getting ready. You've got to be ready. Twinkle your eye and see how fast that is. That's how quick you, you have to be ready to be with Jesus Christ. Now, he's coming back at the ancient of days and the son of man. But what does that mean? Verse 21 to 27 tells you what time of the year he's going to do that. He said he's coming back as the ancient of days visibly in a three and a half year period. Mean that means something has got to be in place on earth operative which is coming to put down. He's talking about a little horn that will be in existence right here, down here, in the fourth kingdom. And you know, and I know, the fourth kingdom means Rome. And the little horn means Antichrist. I'm not talking about the Islamic 12th Imam. Amen. Our Mardi. I'm talking about a visibly seen Jesus Christ returning like the angel said, this same Jesus. I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. I mean a literal embodiment 
<laughs> Personage with eyes and nose, teeth, hair, feet, body, height, showing up just like he went up. When Lord Daniel 7 tells me he's coming back as the Asian of days, as a son of man, and he'll come right in the time when Israel is defeated and the world have a little beast called the Antichrist, John called him. So you know what environment Jesus is coming in. Well, the reason why they can't fight terrorists and ISIS today, they don't know what environment they come and bomb the place. Amen. Praise God. But Jesus Christ revealed when he's coming. Not only revealed what time he's going to come, he said in the last three and a half years of a certain world event, I will show up as the Son of Man. I will come again. Now, Zechariah 14, describe it real well. Turn there, folks. I want you to know about the imminency and the permanency of his coming. This is not an idle tale. It will affect you and me if we're left behind. Every, what's every? I shall see him and them that pierce him. Who pierced Jesus? Come on, name it. Tell it. You went to school, didn't you? Sunday school? Who pierced Jesus? Say it loud. Say it loud. Say it loud. Say it louder. Shout at me. That's like it. Rome, pierce him. And they that pierce him shall look upon him. Hallelujah. Zechariah 14, 1 to 4. In fact, 1 to 6. Look there very quickly. I want you to take your hand, please, tonight and run down those scriptures. I'm here to establish your faith tonight. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm trying to teach you something. That you, your God is coming. Your God will come. As the ancient of days. Or the son of man. Visibly. He's coming out of hiding. Going to show himself. Most of you in this building. I've never seen the queen of England. But that don't mean she don't exist. She hide in the Buckland Palace. She's not a common sight. And when she come out, everybody wants to see her. Hello? The Pope is not no common sight either. He hide in the Vatican. And when he comes out, everybody wants to see him. When your prime minister come by, nobody go see him. They see him all the time. They see the mayor all the time. Is that true? And nobody wants to come and see you because they see you every day. You're a commoner. But there's nothing common about God. You love whom you have not seen. <laughs> That's blind date. That's blind love. But Rebecca didn't lost her senses when she saw Isaac. Jesus Christ, when he comes, I'm going to tell you where you're going to land. Not in New York or Moscow. Go land right on the Mount of Olives. 
It doesn't matter who owns it, whether Jews or Islam or Islam or who owns it. He's going to land on the Mount of Olives. And when he comes, going to split that in the four quarters. Now, he set himself up to be proved wrong. Because if he come in that little split, he's not Jesus. Hello? So we know he's coming from the east and going to land on the Mount of Olives. He will not miss it and end up in some wrong mountain of, in, Gibra in Gibraltar. He won't end up at Mount St. Ellen. He will land right on the Mount of Olives. That's where he went up the first time. Amen. Now, in what kind of environment will Jesus Christ show up? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8 tells you the environment under which Christ will show himself up visibly. He's got some work to do. Calvary wasn't the end point. It was the midpoint. He's got some work to say, I'll come again. I'll see you again. Amen. Chapter 2 of the book of 2 Thessalonians said, Jesus cannot visibly come without first there's a falling away and the man of sin be known by every person. If you find yourself being asked to take a number 666, then you know you missed the rapture. But you sure won't miss the second coming. Because all those who missed the rapture will have to face the second coming. And Malachi chapter 3 and 4 describe the different exposures. Amen. It tells me that he cannot come until the man of sin is revealed. That man is alive. If he's alive, then Christ is about to arrive. You guys don't know this. Issus actually believed this. That's why they're doing what they're doing. They call them their Mahdi. They said Jesus must come before Mahdi is revealed. That's what they said. Well, that's not in the Bible. I won't go further on that tonight. But Jesus cannot come. Amen. Until that man is revealed. And if the Pope was that man, Christ would have come already. So obviously the Pope is not the personage antichrist. He is not known. He has to be revealed. You, the church, right now are faced with the spirit of the antichrist. We're faced with laws that are contrary to the laws of God. It's like we're back in the days of Agag. Amen. Where our laws are diverse from their laws. And they put us in jail and lands den and so on and so forth. Now, the next condition that must exist before Jesus can come, the church has got to be gone. Let me shock you now. I'm not setting dates. Hosea chapter 6. Go there, please. Hosea chapter 6. It says here 
after two days. Anybody know what today's date is? It's the year 2015. Since what? Since Mohammed? Since Allah? Shinto? Buddha? No. Since Christ Jesus. Jesus said he will not come back until Israel welcome him back in Jerusalem. And he said, when I come back to help Jerusalem out, the land will be divided. And the Gentiles will own it. That's not true right now. They still own it. You don't know this, but Spain and France wanted to capture the leader of Israel and charge them at the world's court for human atrocity. You know, God have a way of confusing the enemies of Israel. Let them fight each other. Take the pressure off Israel. He's done it several times before. Read Psalms 83, and you'll see God doing it again. Read, read, Isaiah, read Ezekiel 37, 38, and see the same thing happen again. Now, church, two days mean after 2000. Why is the church still here? Why are we not gone? Why has Jesus not come? I'm going to tell you why he has not come. But I'm going to give you a reason why he must come in a short time. We're not living in the days of Apostle Paul now. We're not living in the days of the skeptics of Peter's days. We're living in the day where the question is relevant. Where is the promise? of his coming. Every Christian should be asking that. Where is it? Now, first of all, the same one who told you, but tarry in Jerusalem to, to be due to power from an eye. When that girl got the Holy Ghost, you didn't see lightning flashing. You didn't hear thunder roaring. You didn't see she lit up like a bulb. seen of those things. You never hear angels stomping heaven and dancing. But my Bible tells me that that's what went on. But you don't see it. But she went through an experience this morning that make her talk in a heavenly language. You didn't see when God wrote her a name in the book. You didn't see when God sealed her with a promise. But it took place. But church, I'm talking about a visibly representation in the second coming. I came out the Billington this morning, and I looked around, and I thought the neighborhood didn't even know that somebody was born again. It didn't mean a thing to them. After two days, after the year 2000, Jesus could show his appearance any time. But I read later on, he cannot do it until a man of sin is revealed. Are you with me? Now, Jesus gave us some more examples here, which I want to point out to you. Number one, here's why you got to witness, church. If you want Christ to come quick, here's what you need to do. Go teach and preach the gospel. Matthew 24 and verse 14 says, Jesus cannot visibly come. Until the gospel is preached in all the world. 
I know what you're saying. You know, you that they go, but you be like I said, well, what about those guys way dark, dark Africa? What about dark, dark Europe? There's no corner in the earth where they don't have Facebook. Blog. I've been parts of the far flung African field and people where there was no electric electricity at a cell phone. You don't believe that? I saw it. They had cell phones. I heard even in Jamaica, people on donkey had cell phones. Because satellites don't need poles in the ground. This gospel must first be preached in all the world. Otherwise, Jesus cannot come. The question is, has it been preached? Absolutely. Hello? This is every person up to here, but every part of the world must hear. You tell me, what part of the world can you go where the name Jesus Christ is not blasphemed? Which nation that does not curse the name Jesus Christ where they're swearing? They cuss it in every language they speak. Never curse any other name but the name of Jesus. Matthew 24, 34. This is my part. My generation shall not pass until all that Jesus predicted come to pass. That means 70 years from the time Israel became a nation to now. Jesus Christ said, we as a generation will not cease to exist on earth until everything be fulfilled, including his second coming. What does that mean, Pastor Neil? Could it be it's at the door? At the very door! Right against your nose! And you don't even realize it. Let's worship God. The Bible said they all slept. You're all sleeping right now on me. They all slept. What is a generation? It's 70 years. Now, the third thing that must happen, Jesus Christ, please go there with me, be in the Bible. 24th chapter of Matthew, 29 to 30, says here, immediately after the great tribulation, Christ will show up. Now, the great tribulation is actually right now here. Three and a half years. The last three and a half years, which is actually in the middle right here. From here to here. That's where Christ is going to come. Antichrist comes from here to here. And then from here to here is raining, and Christ comes right here and stops him. Well, look where the church is. I'm not preaching about our church tonight. I'm preaching about our world situation. Amen. After the tribulation shall the sign of the Son of Man appear. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I'm going to preempt myself here. The environmentalists are being deceived. Every plan that we're making for the environment is wasted. 
God, in Genesis chapter 1, gave you the galaxies, the seasons, and whatever. He said the earth abides forever as long as he wants it to. Now, when he shut the moon off and the sun off, they won't have solar energy. They're talking nonsense. You folks don't hear me. When God turned the sun and the moon off, you are in darkness. When the sun and the stars stop shining, you are hopeless. Hallelujah. And darkness was up on the face of the deep. And there was no light until God said, let there be light. And he said, I am the light of the world. You take him out of the world and there is no light. You take him out of the world and there is no peace. Oh, we'd like to go to a wedding and Jesus turn your water into wine. Isn't that wonderful? Say you're going to the liquor store and buy some wine. But how would you like when you miss the rapture and you go to have a shower and the shower turned blood? You want to buy the water to drink and turn blood. You go to wash your clothes and it turned blood. And the sea turned blood. And the rivers turned blood. And anything that's at H2O turn blood. Now, let the man called Darwin show up. We're going to need Darwin real bad. We're going to need the environmentalists real good. We're going to need all these prime ministers come together and reverse it. Because God did in Egypt. He turned water into blood. He turned Ah, dirt into lice. He did. <laughs> and he's going to do it ten times worse in the earth than he did in Egypt. So the environmentalist is a joke. Forget about it. Don't even put your hope in it. It's a farce. It's just guys talking. Now, the Bible has known, listen to church, that as in the days of Noah, 24th chapter, and verse 37 and 39. Church, you got to know the condition. Now, I catch airplanes lots of time to go places, and they, they tell me, we shut the gate at a certain time. The only gambler in my family is, guess who? My cousin, not my wife, my cousin. My cousin is always late, but my wife is always on time. Figure of speech. The folks didn't get it. Poor in English, I can see that. Folks, I go there and sit there and wait. I don't want to hear, this is the last call. The door is about to shut. I'm not going to go, <laughs> like a dog running to catch a plane. Oh, no. I'm going to wait for the pilot to show up. Amen. And the Lord says, as in the days of Noah, do we have Noah condition here? Do we have lot condition here? Christ cannot come until those conditions exist. And they do exist. Now, we see in 24th chapter and verse 36 of Matthew. Go there, please. 
Look what God shows right there. This is beautiful, folks. This is telling you a whole lot. I know I'm in the right season for Christ to come. I believe tonight we go to bed and got to a church house. And the world changed. The moment you leave, the world changed. I said, the moment you leave, the world changed. Because you are causing God to hold back his wrath. Because of your presence here, nothing going to happen. But once you're gone, all hell break loose. Thank God. It's coming shall be like a thief in the night. Clap into Jesus. Come on, clap into Jesus. Now, church, you are literally right here. Let's stand. And this is not the second coming. We got men in Pentecost who's trying to convince you and me that there won't be a rapture. Well, they can teach that to their saints, but I won't teach that to you. I'm teaching you there's an escape. Worthy to escape the things coming upon our world. Hello. And Paul says, sorry not as others who have no hope. Tomorrow you'll see sorrow in our world. But God said, that's not your sorrow. It be ironic, but it shall not come nigh thee. When this church is caught up, this man who is alive, you must come to New Year's service. You've got to come to it. We're going we're gonna to unfold some things to you. I almost did, and God stopped me. I said, no, no, not yet, not yet. But right here, this guy is alive. This red horse is tromping on the bets. This black horse. And these horses are galloping and ready to be revealed. You and me are holding it back. Once you are gone, Jesus is no longer interested in our world. Let me show you where you're going to go when the rapture takes place. The fourth chapter of Revelation. Go there, please. I'm going to take you right there now. I know you want to go home, but stay with me, folks. The second coming is visibly. If he kept the promise of the Holy Ghost, the setting of Pentecost, he will keep the other promise of returning the second time. Now, you know the first time he came, how many knew he came? Not many people. When he left, how many knew he left? Not many people. Is that right? Only few saw him. Well, the next time he come back, every eye shall what? See him. Now, the fourth chapter, Revelation chapter 3, is where I'm in this church. Every time I preach, I'm preaching the devil out of you. God said, when I was away, God said, go clean the church up. And get ready for chapter 4. Chapter 4, church. Is the fulfillment of every promise God made to you in chapter 1, 2, and 3. Those 24 elders don't mean 24 numbers. 1, 2, 3, 24. <clears throat> I can prove in the book of Chronicles 24 means millions of people. It's called the 24 courses of uh, David priesthood. You are a kingdom priest. And when you get in chapter 4, you know where you are? In heaven! When you're in heaven, you are going to help Jesus 
released these horses when he opened those seals. Now, when you're in heaven, you're going to see him release the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse. That means the world is in turmoil. And when he releases them, the trumpets start blowing, amen, and the seals are revealed on the earth, and this man starts reigning, and all going to happen in seven lousy years. <coughs> in those seven years, what are you doing in heaven? Putting on your crown? Putting on your gown? Sitting at the table of Jesus? And he's serving you lamb chops. You're the marriage supper of the lamb. Now, my question to these people who are going through great tribulation, if we're going to go through great tribulation, explain. How did we get to come back with Jesus right here? How can we come back with Jesus without first going up to be with Jesus? First Thessalonians chapter 4. That's what we're waiting for, church. You are literally, actually waiting for a ride. Tonight in your sleep could be the hour when Jesus takes you out of this earth. On your job, two of the free, one taken, and the other left. That's not second coming. That's the rapture. Because that's an invisible event. Only those that see are going to go to be with Jesus. And those that hear the call are going to be with Jesus. Not every Lazarus came forward. Is that right? And the Lord said, he shall return a second time. And they that pierced him shall look upon him. Let me show this to you in, in on this scripture here. The 12th chapter of Zechariah. Go there, please. Let me ask you, is this fulfilled yet? Or will it be fulfilled? Hallelujah. Look with me, if you don't mind. In chapter 12, I can't read all right now because you'll be here all night. I know you want to go home. The entire chapter is what is about to take place in the Middle East. Once they take their eyes off Isis, you know where they're headed? Right to Palestine. Israel is only allowed right now to regroup while they're fighting. But you are about to see in 2016, Zechariah 12 and 13 and 14 fulfilled. Write it down. I told you that. And then coming to Pastor Nini, you lied. You missed it bad. You're about to see the Gentiles rise up to take by force Israel. From Israel. And witness chapter 12, 13, and 14 being fulfilled in your eyes. 14 is what brings Christ in the picture. Hello? Where will I be with the Lord? Did you know not one? It says, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Verse 10, chapter 12. Now, church, most preachers miss this. Verse 9, it said, come to pass in that day, when? 2016, 2017, 2018, perhaps so, one of those three. 
So it's going to pass in that day. I'll seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. How far away is that? Come on, folks, tell me. Shout at me. Tell me I'm missing it. All nations. And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. What is the spirit of grace? The holy. What is it? It's the same scripture we're told in the 10th chapter of Hebrews. If we sin willfully, we've done despite to the spirit of, which is the Holy Ghost. I will pour out upon Jerusalem, what? The spirit of grace and supplication is when he come visibly. And they shall look upon me whom they have. Who do they pierce? What is going to happen when Jerusalem is captured by the world and Jesus come and among of all those to defend it and you're coming back with him, honey. Jude says he's coming back with 10,000 of his saints. Anybody ever ridden a, a, a white stallion before? Get ready, friend. You don't want either practice. When God take you up in heaven, you're going to ride that white horse whether you like it or not. Now, ladies, don't start stoning me. I'm going to preach the truth right now. You will not wear goucher trousers on that horse. You will not be wearing leg warmers on that horse. Everybody had a gown on. Come on, somebody. They didn't have britches on. Not even the men got britches on. And they're coming back with Jesus. Where? At the Mount of Olives. It tells you right here. Very plainly, church. You're going to pour the Holy Ghost on them. Chapter 14 tells you exactly how it's going to land. On that place, literally land there. Pastor Neil, that's a pie of the sky. Maybe for you it is. But I'll eat my pie going up when you're left behind. This same Jesus shall return in like manner as you see him go. So if anybody tell you Jesus Christ is in the desert, don't go. That's Muhammad. In the secret chamber, don't go. That's the Pope. Well, they tell you it's in the eastern sky, riding on the clouds. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. That's the coming of Jesus. Why has he not come, church? Because they got the timing wrong. But you've got it right. And I'm telling you, church, you mark my word. The next three years, you're going to see hell on earth. Government at their wit's end. You think terrorists going to get lesser? They get worse. Even men saw wax what? Worse and saint. Worse and what? That the love of men shall wax what? And because of iniquity shall abound, and men shall fail their heart for fear. 
Would you bow your heads right now? I want to say to first, anybody here who's a dropout, my Lord, David's coming is a lie. He did not delay one time in his life. He's never changed the date one time. But today is fulfilling. We're not in the latter days. Or we're in the last time. The last time is a different time frame than latter times. That means that mean Gentiles are running out of time. And Jesus is coming. If there's ever time you need to pray through, it's now. Because you may go to bed and not wake up tomorrow. And you wake up in hell. And you don't have to be there. Because that's not your home. Your home is where Jesus is. And I want you to walk down this aisle tonight and give your life to Jesus unashamedly without anybody intimidating you. I want you to walk down that aisle and say, Lord Jesus, I want, I want to be ready. Come on down this aisle right now. I'm giving you an offer right, my friend. Walk down this aisle. Forget about friends and forget about neighbors and who's watching you. Come judgment day. Everybody's going to watch you. Everybody's going to watch you burn in hell. So what's the difference, my friend? I'm talking to people who are not ready. People who are dropped out. I don't want you to condemn yourself. I want you to thank God that you're in the body of Christ. Would you come down this aisle right now and re-consecrate your life to God? He's coming soon.